Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. To build noble characters requires God's grace. John 1 verse 16 tells us, And from his fullness have all we received, grace upon grace. God expects us to build characters in accordance with the pattern set before us. Jesus is our pattern, of course. We are to lay brick by brick, adding grace to grace, finding our weak points, correcting them in accordance with the directions given. When a crack is seen in the walls of a mansion, we know something about that building is wrong. In our character building, cracks are often seen unless these defects are remedied. The house will fall when the tempest of trial beats upon it. God gives us strength, reasoning power, time, in order that we may build characters on which he can place his stamp of approval. He desires each child of his to build a noble character by the doing of pure noble deeds, that in the end he may present a symmetrical structure, a fair temple, honored by man and God. A noble all-around character is not inherited. It does not come to us by accident. A noble character is earned by individual efforts through the merits and grace of Christ. God gives the talents, the powers of the mind, and we form the character. It is formed by hard, stern battles with self. Conflict after conflict must be waged against hereditary tendencies. We shall have to criticize ourselves closely and allow not one unfavorable trait to remain uncorrected. By the life we live, through the grace of Christ, the character is formed. The original loveliness begins to be restored to the soul. The attributes of the character of Christ are imparted, and the image of the divine begins to shine forth. The faces of men and women who walk and work with God express the peace of heaven. They are surrounded with the atmosphere of heaven. For these souls, the kingdom of God has begun. They have Christ's joy, the joy of being a blessing to humanity. They have the honor of being accepted for the master's use. They are trusted to do his work in his name. As God is pure in his sphere, so man is to be pure in his, and he will be pure that Christ is formed within the hope of glory, for he will imitate Christ's life and reflect his character. This last couple paragraphs just keep reminding me of how we put on Christ's robe of righteousness. He gives it to us. He imparts it to us. But then we have to put it on. And it sounds like it's formed by hard, stern battles with self. We'll have to criticize ourselves closely and not allow one unfavorable trait to remain uncorrected. And what else did we read? Um forming Christ within the hope of glory. So he gives us what we need and he expects us to cooperate with him. Well, we read we are to find our weak points and correct them in accordance with the directions given. You know, I, I was thinking there's a few places in God's word that gives us some really nice lists of instructions, like in social rules or um, ways that God wants us to manage ourselves. And I'm going to read some of those that we uh, most likely are aware of our weak points, and we may already know 
which points to begin correcting. We have to go to Jesus asking him for help, and he will help us. One of the first things I think of in this regard is Peter's Ladder. It's a list of steps of growth in order to maturity found in 2 Peter chapter 1, 4 to 11. I'll read it for you. This is the King James Version. It's my favorite. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle. I'm sorry, I'm starting too early. Let's go to verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, the promises, you might be partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption or the death that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence, make your calling and election sure. But if you do these things, for if you do these things, you shall never fall, or so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Of course, God's Ten Commandment law concentrates all of these behaviors into the simplest form, but it's nice to see them all listed out. Um, so then it talked about charity uh, being the last step, I think. And where was it? Uh, patience, godliness, uh, charity, yeah, to charity. So let's read about charity, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And there is another list that explains what charity is. And that's the final step of Peter's ladder, charity. And it's 13 verses. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and I have not charity, it profits me nothing. Charity suffers long, is kind. Charity envies not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, and that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, 
but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. So in 1 John 2.10, we are told that he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. I think that's the essence of charity, don't you? When we love our brother and sister, we abide in the light. Jesus' own words in Matthew 23, 11 through 12, tell us, He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. He that shall humble himself shall be exalted. He also said through Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, Jesus' own words. These two are the essence of everything. We read that a noble character is earned by individual effort through the merits and grace of Christ. God gives us the talent and the power of the mind, and we form the character. Do not allow one unfavorable trait to remain uncorrected. You know, I believe the first place to start is in getting our diet in order. It's my understanding that this can change just about everything in our life. Our personality, our ability to learn, our ability to hear God's voice, our ability to have victory over sin and our character weak points. We read that we will be pure if Christ is formed within the hope of glory. We can at least begin with our diet. And he will begin to form within. We have to get all the rubbish out of the way of the door of our heart. You know, I believe from my own experience that God is good. And if there was an easier way to accomplish our character correction and growth and what we needed to do, he would give it to us. We can choose, to a great degree, just how hard we want to make this. And for some of us, it has to be very hard to get surrendered. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters here, wherever they are in the world. I pray that you help them to be at peace and in surrender to you. And that they will be filled with thy spirit, your Christ formed within the hope of glory. That their lives will be humble and loving like you. Lord, I thank you for each one that's here, and I pray for myself as well. Lord, I don't want to make it hard. I really want to surrender, and I pray for these to have that experience. In your name I pray, amen. All right, have a wonderful day. I will see you in the morning.